This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLB, TIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. Whatever your tastes, you'll find it weeknights. On Joy 94.9, something for everybody. Welcome into the locker room on Joy 94.9. This is the locker room. It's sport, but not quite as you know it. It's sport about our community and the contribution that gay, lesbian, bisexual and transgender people also make to it around the world and also here in Melbourne. My usual co-host, Rolly, is on the sickbed today. So coming in off the interchange bench is Adam once again to step into the shoes. He's also the star of the Wednesday morning show Rise Up here on Joy. Welcome, Adam. Thank you. I've been here all day, so I'm, I've got a lot of coffee running through me, so I'm ready for this. You just can't get enough of this place, can you, Adam? We just, they're going to carry you out here on a stretcher. I think I should move my bed in here. So let's talk about what's happening tonight. Uh, we've got an interview with Hudson Taylor. He's the founder of Athlete Ally. Adam, that's a US-based but global organisation seeking to end homophobia and transphobia in sport. He has a bit of a chat with us about the Sochi Olympics, uh, Ryan Stig and idiotic sporting comments made in rugby league uh, and the role that we can all play in his campaign. Uh, what else have we got, Adam? We also have Tegan Steele, who is Veggie Girl. Some people may know her as Veggie Girl, who is a boot camp instructor, nutritionist, fitness nut. She's coming into the studio soon to tell us about what she's up to, the festivals that you can catch her at and uh, yeah, find out more about what makes her tick. Um, I'm sure she's going to make me all feel very guilty about some of the crap that I eat during the week. Uh, we're also going to have the usual roundup and what's coming on in this week in sport. But now I think it's time we normally call this Rollies Roundup, but let's call it Adam's Roundup. Well, today has been a big day. Well, the, this past couple of days have been a big day in sport. First, let's go to soccer. Shock announcement today. Mark Schwarzer, the Socceroos goalkeeper, has retired on the spot. Yeah, just like that, just before the World Cup's about to be on. So he's going to miss out on the big party. It is, because today uh, Ange Postacoglu, the new Socceroos coach, was supposed to announce his new squad, and uh, Mark Schwarzer beat him to the cut and said, no, I don't want to play. Taking his bat and ball and going home. He has. I, I wonder if he knows something about how the Australian team are going to perform that we don't. He just mm. doesn't want to be there to, to see it happen. It's like an insider retirement. He's going to be peppered with so many shots on goal, he just thinks, I just can't be bothered doing it. Absolutely. Well, he has played 109 games. He has appeared for Australia in two World Cups. Uh, so it's a good effort from him. And uh, he is the reserve keeper for Chelsea, and he's out of contract at the end of this year. So he'll still be there and, you know, see what happens afterwards. Maybe he'll retire completely. Yeah, look, he is in his late 30s, but he's been a legend of the game and he's gotten Australia through two World Cups, so he deserves our respect. Can I just confirm that he's 41? 41? I 41. thought he like 41. Yeah, that's impressive, well, There's hope there? for all of us, isn't there? There is. He must have a lot of osteo cream and uh, Denka rub. Maybe, maybe goalie, you can do it. You're not running around as much. I don't know. We're going to switch across to the US and go to basketball, and this is pretty big too. The Portland Trailblazers have just come out as the first NBA team to support gay marriage. That's so Portland. 
That, that is so, Paul, and they're trailblazers. They're leading the way, no pun intended. Uh, the team have aligned themselves with the Oregon United for Marriage Initiative, which is a coalition which is attempting to get, you know, the freedom to marry uh, during in, in the next coming upcoming election in Oregon for the state because we know that in the U.S. it's state by state when it comes to uh, same-sex and gay marriage rights. It's not, it's not a federal thing. And uh, also the Portland Timbers, which I think is the gridiron team, and the Thorns Football Club, the soccer team, they've come behind them as well. So they're all support, all Portland teams are coming out saying, oh, we support gay marriage. Well, I imagine you'd have to in Portland. You probably don't have much choice. You'd probably <laughs> lose half, you know, most of the population if you didn't actually come out strongly in supporting of the gay community over there. But good stuff for them. Who knows what's happening in Portland these days. Let's come back now. We, you, we did mention, you did mention before that we're going to speak to Hudson Taylor from Athlete Ally. And this comes into it as well with Ryan Stig from the NRL, from the Newcastle Knights, I believe, is it? Yeah. He's come out along with uh, the other Twitter bad boy, Anthony Mundine, and he's come out and said that same-sex marriage is illegal and compared it to alcoholism. Yeah, he also called it a distortion of design. He said that it was a, a demonic state of affairs. Uh, yeah, you wonder about the wisdom of putting smartphones in the hands of these guys and setting them up with a Twitter account and going, here, tell the world what you really think. Yeah, smartphones, yeah. not so smart yeah, rugby players. not so players. smart users. Uh, look, I wonder if they should have them, their smartphones taken off them as punishment for saying silly things like that. But you know what I can't believe? The NRL uh, says that it doesn't go with their vilification policy. So even though he said these things, the NRL said, no, we're not going to charge him. We're not going to do anything about him. Yeah, and even his own club said, well, those views don't reflect the views of the Newcastle Knights. But that's about as much as they're willing to say. Uh, They didn't actually say, and we completely reject them and they are wrong. So... Yeah, obviously that sport's still got a way to go. Absolutely. And lastly on my list, is, lastly is something that happened yesterday in downtown Melbourne. The whole city went wild for it. Was yeah, what was that all about? Some a, horse race? Some horses galloping around a paddock. The nation stopped and then it started again. Yeah, apparently so. 109,000 people went down to see the Melbourne Cup. How cool was that? Did you go? Did you have a hat on? No, I, I didn't go. I left my fascinator at home. <laughs> um, but it seemed like everyone else in Melbourne was there. I just sort of flicked the radio on, listened to the race and flicked it off again, to be honest. And a big congrats. It was a mixed. It was a mixed Emotions Day. Congrats to Gay Waterhouse, an Australian trainer, her first Melbourne Cup with the horse Fiorente, but also a sad moment for an international horse, uh, Varima, who unfortunately at 550 kilos and at 60 kilometres an hour crushed its leg to pieces and unfortunately it was put down. Yeah, kind of the the ugly side of racing. Probably the the other ugly side of racing is this, like Gay Waterhouse, she faces a six-month suspension for for race day treatment given to her other cup entry, Trey Blue. Oh, really? So she might get rubbed out from... from uh, training horses and the jockey that rode the winning uh, horse uh, that is followed by the name of Damien Oliver he's just finished an eight month suspension for yeah. placing a bet on a rival horse yeah I heard about that how so weird so this is not really a clean skin sport I mean we all go crazy over cycling and we, we think that Lance Armstrong should be you know hung drawn and quartered but look at this sport that we all we lord these two people and look what look what they've what, look what they've done I have to say the funniest thing of the day was Tom Waterhouse now Tom Waterhouse obviously can't bet through his own company so he went to other bookies saying hey I want to put a million dollars on this horse and million dollars on that horse and the bookies went nah your money's no good to us your money's no good to us (laughs) love it the one one uh, bookie did come out and say we'll give you you know the most you can place is a hundred thousand dollars and it can't be can't be your mum's horse which i find really hilarious I wouldn't want him betting on other horses other than his mum's horse. He'd probably know something that we don't about his mum's horses. Absolutely. And suffice to say, that's all I've got for you this week, Smithy. I think that was an excellent roundup. Why, thank you. You're on Joy 94.9. Coming up, we've got the lovely Tegan Steele from Veggie Girl. Hi, this is Bryn Edelston, and you're listening to Joy 94.9, Australia's first gay and lesbian radio station. Hey, Smithy. We're inside, sorry, I was, I was doing a rolly there where he just comes back and he goes, Hey, Smithy. No? No. No? I, I think you're better than that, Adam. We, <laughs> we can do better. Now, tell me, you're a rugby player. Yeah. And you like your meat, don't you? Yeah, I do. 
well, I'm the same way. I love my meat as well. But did you know that there are alternative to meats such as plant-based diets and things like that? Oh, God, I'm, I'm aware. I, I lived with a vegan for a little while. It's not really the lifestyle that I think I'd, I'd sign up for, but I, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of the meat-free Monday. I'm, I'm still happy to, um, to, uh, to get involved in that side of things. But I think, you know, I'm trying to build myself up a little bit to play rugby. I think I'm a bit too skinny and weakly, so <laughs> I, I'm not sure I want to give up on the red meat just yet. Well, you're lucky because as a sports show, we talk about sports all the time, but I think tonight it's good to go back to basics and talk about health and fitness and nutrition a little bit. Uh, tonight... I think those have something to do with sport. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> all, the, all the big athletes are doing it. Apparently it's the... It's the latest rage. Uh, tonight we are joined by an advocate for healthy living, a boot camp instructor uh, who goes by the nickname Veggie Girl. You can catch her. She's got a blog. She's got Instagram. She's got YouTube channels. And tonight she joins us in the studio live. Please go wild for the lovely Tegan Steele. Welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. It's exciting to be here. Now tell us about yourself. This is your first time on air on the airwaves here yeah, in Melbourne. Yeah, very first time on the radio. Very yeah. excited. Now, how did you get into fitness, uh, holistic health, nutrition? How did you get involved in all this? I actually had IBS as a young child, so irritable bowel syndrome, which wasn't the best thing to have. I had a lot of pain going through childhood eating and and unfortunately couldn't eat the junk foods that every other kid was eating. And my mum also had Crohn's disease, which is a terrible disease where her immune system attacks herself and her bowel actually perforated, so broke open six years ago and it poisoned her whole body. So she was rushed to hospital and nearly died so it was a very scary day and it kind of made me think what are my values in life what's really important to me and up there number one is you know family and health and I decided that I wanted to help mum and find a natural cure for her incurable Crohn's disease so six years of my own research reading books traveling I traveled over to the Gerson Institute and learned about natural cancer therapy and started to change our diet to more of a plant-based diet and within 18 months of changing our diet we cured her incurable Crohn's disease and now she is the most amazing like healthy young looking mother that you could ask for and she's in the best health of her life I think that's applause worthy Just, just have to keep pressing that applause button, don't you? <laughs> it's a new toy, everyone. <laughs> Since I discovered it too well, ago. Last time we're leaving you in charge of that one, I think. Um, we'll just wait for the applause to die down. Uh, if, if any of our listeners are on Twitter, um, you, you can follow the locker room at Locker Room on Joy. You should just take a look at this girl. She looks fabulous. I mean, she looks positively radiant and glowing. Um, I'm sitting here looking, feeling very pale and pasty. <laughs> tell, tell us a bit about what you what you think in, in terms of your mission as the Veggie Girl, because you say that you're going to help them make the world healthier one person at a time. Yeah, I wrote that tagline because. That's basically what I'm doing. I, I want to help as many people as I can in any way that I can. Just by talking to someone, if I you know, hear they need some help in some way, I can definitely find an answer for them. So um, helping people through nutrition, through mindset as well, because having a, a you know, happy mind and happy mindset um, will make you very alkaline and healthy. Um, and just... Yeah, I just know that I'm here to heal people and help people. So doing anything I can to um, help them achieve their health goals is, is my mission. Wow. Well, as a, as a gym nut, I love meat. And I know that Smithy, as a rugby player, probably packs on the protein, a good snag off the barbie and things like that. 
Yeah, look, so if, if you're looking to go to a meat-free diet, how do you still do that but become a powerful athlete at the same time? Well, believe it or not, you only need 7 to 10% of protein in your diet. Is that all? Is that all? That That's is like half it. a sausage. It is not very much at all. And believe it or not, your greens contain so much protein and it's a protein that our body can absorb so easily, much more readily than um, meat so going for a, a green, a green drink, like a green smoothie is a better option because you're going to absorb the protein and you're going to feel better for it because your digestive system won't be under stress. And the problem is that everyone's eating too much meat, too much um, processed and cooked foods and packaged foods that their body's not digesting properly. And when your body doesn't digest properly, um, that causes stress on your body and repair doesn't happen because you're putting all your energy into digestion rather than putting your energy into repair. Wow. So when you do change to a plant-based diet, you'll notice that you're a lot less sore, you'll build, build muscle really quickly and you won't have that really bad after-workout pain. That's for you, Smithy. Um, I know. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm just sort of thinking, you know, if, if you were an athlete looking to put in a big pre-season, yeah. you know, and you were trying to get bulky to play rugby or you were trying to get really uh, run, run really quickly to get ready for a more athletic sport, is there a sort of a diet plan you'd put together for someone like that? Yeah, absolutely. So you need to be eating an alkaline diet. Think of a swimming pool, you think of the acid alkaline balance on the swimming pool. So if you treat a swimming pool and it's growing algae and it's getting all dirty, you need to put alkaline minerals in it to balance out that pool. Our bloodstream is exactly the same as that. So to balance out our bloodstream, we have to feed it with alkaline minerals. And unfortunately, the modern Western diet is very acidic and the foods that we're eating are very acidic. So our breads, meats, alcohol, dairy, basically the modern Western and diet is very um, acidic. So by adding lots of minerals, lots of fresh fruit and vegetables, living food, whole foods, yeah. um, we're actually balancing out our bloodstream to more of an alkaline state. So I guess you're not recommending that we go and lick a couple of AA batteries if we're feeling a bit acidic. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not a good idea. But it's, it's interesting <laughs> you talk about alcohol because uh, associated with a lot of sports mm-hmm. is a big drinking culture and I actually went through an experience where I stopped drinking alcohol yeah. for six months I've only just had a couple of beers recently in yeah. the last few weeks and it, you do feel really isolated I mean yeah. is that something you'd recommend people are really serious about their sport to, to give up the grog yeah absolutely if you want to really you know do really well in the sport and be you know someone who's achieving even better results cutting out alcohol is a major thing and when you do like your body just ran, runs so much better i know it's, it's actually quite disappointing to wake up every morning and feel really great <laughs> <laughs> you wake up on a saturday morning oh, i feel fantastic i go and do something yes yeah, it's, it's really disappointing <laughs> it's a bit but, different you can join a boot camp absolutely <laughs> speaking of you've got so much going on you've got festivals coming up that you're speaking to one this weekend the mind body and spirit one coming up yes. plus uh, boot camps as you just mentioned uh-huh. let us know what what's going on what, what's happening yeah so i'm i'm speaking at quite a few events as a green warrior because um, my business partner is actually an ex-afl football player matthew Bate. you might know him he's a, a redhead <laughs> footy player <laughs> yeah i always i would never forget a ranger it's all right <laughs> do you want the applause button for that no one? no no that's fine <laughs> 
your hand off your pause button, Adam. So he's also on a plant-based diet, or I like to call plant-powered diet. We speak together at events like the Mind Body Spirit Festival. We're doing food demos there. We're talking about how to detoxify your, your body, how to eat so that you get optimum energy levels and feel really good every single day. Um, and then also I am a personal trainer, so I like to get people fit and healthy for summer and, you know, beach season's coming up, so everyone wants their bikini body. So I'm running free boot camps in Camberwell. For information, you can visit my Veggie Girl Facebook page, uh, which is V-E-G-I-E Girl, and also my Instagram, Veggie Girl 88, Twitter. You can find me everywhere. <laughs> Type in Veggie Girl and you're there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what kind of stuff does your boot camp involve? So I like to mix it up a little bit. I like to play a few games. I'm um, doing a bit of a card game um, this weekend, so that'll be a bit of fun. Uh, I like to do circuit workouts, get the heart pumping and build your muscle at the same time. It's the best way to get results fast. Oh, that'll get Adam in, that's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Look, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we let you go, how can uh, you mentioned before, what is your website URL again? It's www.veggiegirl88.wordpress.com. Awesome. And there they can find information about your recipes, where they can find you at your yeah, at the mind body, so. at your festivals and all your talking events and also your boot camp as well. Yeah, I've got everything on there. So recipes, event um, information and heaps of health tips and ideas. Awesome. Tegan, thank you so much for joining us here on The Locker Room on Joy 94.9. Thanks. Hello, this is Margaret Cho, and you're tuned in to Joy 94.9 and listening via the Joy app. Uh, you're back on The Locker Room on Joy 94.9, and that was Daft Punk. It's really great having Rolly away. We can play some music we actually like <laughs> to listen to. Hopefully he's not listening, otherwise he might be storming throughout the elevator right now. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe that's right. Coming up now, we've got an interview with a straight ally. Um, and we need lots of straight allies to uh, change the culture of sport. And this one's probably about as good as they come. Uh, we were lucky enough to have a chance to speak to Hudson Taylor. He's the founder of the Equality Campaign, Athlete Ally. Um, and this is what we all had to say. As an athlete in high school and college, Hudson Taylor often observed the use of homophobic language and demeaning humour, especially in sports. Hudson, who is not gay, wanted to confront what he saw as a culture of homophobia and transphobia in sport. What started as wearing an LB... LGBT equality sticker from the human rights campaign on his wrestling headgear has now turned into a movement, Athlete Ally, which Hudson founded. Athlete Ally is focused on ending homophobia and transphobia in sports by educating allies in the sporting community and empowering them to take a stand. It recruits ambassadors to promote its message as a profession, at a professional and amateur level and also provides public awareness and educational campaigns. And we're lucky enough to have Hudson on the phone from New York. Welcome to the locker room, Hudson. Thanks so much for having me. Um, Athlete Ally has launched a new campaign called Uphold Principle 6, Stand with Olympians. Can you take us through what that's all about? Upcoming Winter Olympics in Sochi, Russia, uh, have set the stage for a very problematic uh, environment. Um, shortly after Russia got the bid to host the Winter Olympics, they passed uh, anti-LGBT propaganda law, which um, prohibited anybody from promoting, quote-unquote, non-traditional sexual relations. Um, and so what that did is, is it created a context where it would, uh, if you show same-sex attraction or even support of, of the lesbian, and gay, bisexual, and transgender community, you could be fined or arrested. So, you know, heading into the games, it's now very problematic because we know that there are going to be openly LGBT athletes competing. We know that there are going to be LGBT fans attending. And uh, the IOC has done little to assure that 
fans and athletes are going to be protected from persecution at the game. Um, so we started to think long and hard about how we can use this as an opportunity to both raise awareness about, about the Winter Olympics, um, the IOC's responsibility to provide protections of their fans and athletes, but also use it as a way to hopefully improve the lives of LGBT citizens in Russia after the Games conclude. So uh, we launched Principle 6, which is uh, a campaign that uses the language of the Olympic Charter to kind of make our point. Um, Principle 6 of the Olympic Charter says that discrimination of any kind is incompatible with belonging to, to the Olympic movement. And, and the reason why we chose this language is twofold. One, within the Olympic Charter, it prohibits athletes from taking a political stance. So we were very mindful of trying to encourage people to, to take a type of action that could um, get an athlete expelled from the Games or uh, potentially getting fined or arrested under this Russian law. So Principle 6 is sort of that nice in-between in that it still points out the hypocrisy of the entire situation while still not exposing individuals from, uh, from persecution for speaking out. Um, and our hope is that we can use Principle 6 to get people to sign on and show support um, hopefully raise money through Principle 6 that we can then donate back to the LGBT Russian organizations who are affected by these laws, um, not only now, but well after the Games conclude. And what would you like the IOC to do? For example, do you think the IOC should be taking the human rights standards of the host nation into account when awarding future Olympic Games? You know, I, I, I think you could make an argument for both. I, certainly, I think we would like uh, there to be greater consideration of the human rights records of host countries. But on the flip side, you could also say that, you know, if the Winter Olympics were being held in Russia, there would not be this conversation occurring. So some may say it's an opportunity for us to start these kind of conversations in environments where they otherwise wouldn't be occurring. And others would say, well... You know, this is those laws are completely antithetical to what the Olympic movement should be all about. Um, you know, I, I think it's really difficult to to decide. Um, you know, I'm actually probably more of a proponent for um, starting conversations in unlikely environments because I think that's how we create progress. You know, if we only choose to work with people who share the same ideas and values as us. Um, we shelter our, we, we limit our ability to change the world. So I think as frustrating and as problematic as the Russian laws are, and you know, as, as problematic as it is that the Winter Olympics are being held in Russia, it also creates an enormous opportunity that otherwise wouldn't be occurring. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah. And, and let's talk about that a bit more because um, some of the athlete ally ambassadors include Australian snowboarder Bell Brockoff and New Zealand speed skater Blake Skellerup, both of whom will be competing at the Sochi Games. How do you think individual athletes themselves should respond when they're competing at the Games and they have an issue with Russia's laws or they are, in fact, openly gay or lesbian? I, I, you know, I'm very careful to encourage an athlete to take any type of uh, particular stance because at the end of the day, an athlete is there to... Uh, to accomplish their lifelong dream, you know, of winning a, an Olympic medal or a gold medal, let's hope. Um, so, you know, I think it, I try not to um, 
you know, tell an athlete how they should or should not be reacting to these Russian laws or how they should or should not be speaking out. But instead, I think it's our our responsibility to provide the tools and the resources for any athlete should they want to take a stand um, and start and think critically about how we can create campaigns and um, and opportunities so that they can take a stand, but also not put at risk their their lifelong goal of winning an Olympic medal. You know, I think there's lots of ideas for campaigns out there. Principle 6 is obviously one of them, but there's also simpler things that people can do leading up to the games. Um, you know, I think social media is a great opportunity for athletes to say how they feel, um, to, you know, talk about how they feel about these anti-LGBT Russian laws. Um, in a way that will, I think, highlight, put a, put a narrow focus on the games, but also not jeopardize their ability to play once they're at the game. So um, I guess that's my, that's my non-answer answer, because, you know, I, I don't want to pigeonhole any athlete in, into taking a particular action. I just want to enable them to, to be able to speak out should they feel comfortable and confident doing so. Oh, look, I think that's probably walking a, a reasonable line. And you're on The Locker Room on Joy 94.9. More after this. Hi, this is Dolly Diamond. Joy 94.9. It's my ninth favourite radio station. Let's talk more broadly about the culture of sport outside the Olympics. In, in your time uh, with Athlete Ally, what impact do you think your campaign has had on the culture of sport, both at a professional and grassroots level? Well, the, the underlying philosophy of Athlete Ally is that there's never been a successful social justice movement for minority groups without the support of the majority. So at the end of the day, if we're going to meaningfully change the culture of the locker room, we need allies to be speaking out and standing up and trying to make an impact. You know, I, I see the, the athletic culture as sort of a, a chicken or the egg problem um, when it, in relation to LGBT issues. You know, when, when we have out athletes, there is a context that's created whereby, you know, when you know somebody who's gay, now when you hear that homophobic slur, it affects you and you want to speak out against it. It makes people aware in a way that they maybe otherwise wouldn't be. But those athletes, those LGBT athletes, may not feel comfortable coming out until there's a critical mass of allies who are showing their support and saying, you know what, you're my teammate, you're my friend, and your sexual orientation does not affect that in any way. So I think, you know, until we have that critical mass of allies speaking out, we're still going to have athletes, LGBT athletes, who don't feel comfortable and confident coming out. Now, in the last couple of years, we've had a tremendous amount of progress. I mean, we've seen more athletes come out, more allies speak out, and more, you know, leagues and teams take a stand than at any other time in history. But I think it's important to remember that we are not at the beginning of the end. We are at the end of the beginning, and there's certainly a lot more work to be done a lot more education that needs to occur before we can really say that we've gotten to where we want to go. Alec, absolutely. We'd agree here in the locker room. Um, Alex Blackwell, who's an Australian cricketer and athlete our ambassador, told us in an interview at the start of the year that she thought that sport was the world's biggest closet. Um, do you think the professional bodies are starting to show that leadership by actually trying to make their sports more inclusive? I do. I think there's been some wonderful things going on. I mean, I know several of, uh, of the rugby leagues... Um, and Australian rules football have all taken some great proactive measures to talk about these issues and make their sport more inclusive. Um, and we've seen 
I think that similar progress mirrored in the states. Um, with you know, I had the opportunity to train all the in, uh, all the incoming national basketball players. Um, so all the NBA players that were coming in, I got to work with them on LGBT issues. So I think you know more and more teams and leagues are taking a proactive stance towards changing the climate, which is you know a, a wonderful thing. But I think Alex's sentiments are are accurate in that you know sports is still in many ways the last closet because in in almost all professional sports, you know you can count the number of out current or or, or former out athletes on you know one or two hands uh and that is totally totally um not in keeping with the statistics you know that that there should be so you know although there's a lot of work being done i think you know until we have the the out athletes mirroring the the public mirroring the society we know that we're not all the way there yeah and and on that point here in australia we had just recently professional rugby league player ryan stig make comments on social media uh, where he compared homosexuality to alcoholism. And he said it was a politically correct sh- charade that was tantamount to a spiritual disease and even that it was demonic. Um, how should we respond to athletes who are role models who make comments like this in the media? So I think we have to remain cognizant of the fact that there will always be a spectrum of opinion within the athletic culture. Now, w- what I always say is our job as athletes and coaches and administrators is to create a neutral environment such that anybody can feel comfortable and confident being themselves. And that includes any, any race, uh, any, any faith, any age, uh, any sexual orientation, any gender identity. So um, I think for those who see LGBT issues in a negative light, fail to realize how diversity of all kinds are interconnected. Um, you know, our motto at Athlete Ally is victory through unity. So when athletes make comments like that, I try to remind them that, you know what, diversity is beneficial to athletic success. And whether or not we agree on every issue, the fact remains, any amount of homophobic language or sexist language, um, it divides us. It creates a culture of individuals and makes us less able to accomplish our athletic goals. So I try to make it very clear that, you know, I know, some people may not feel comfortable. They may still have um, narrow-minded or ignorant viewpoints towards the LGBT community. But as an athletic, you know, sports should be the one pure place where everyone can compete. And we have a choice of how we talk, of how we speak to and about other people. And frankly, there is never a, a just cause to use a group of people as an insult. There's never a reason to use that language when describing an individual. So um, I think, you know, if we go back to saying what we're for instead of what we're against, I think we'll, we'll find that we agree more often than we disagree, that our, our similarities out, far outweigh our dissimilarities. So you know, as troubling as that those comments are, um, it also gives us an opportunity to have this conversation and do more education in the places that need it most. Um, couldn't agree more with that, those sentiments. Um, if, if our listeners out there also agree with that, what can they do to support your campaign? I would first uh, check out AthleteAlly.org. Um, one of the things that we started, when I first started Athlete Ally, um, the big thing that I was hoping that people would do was sign a pledge. 
Uh, and the pledge says, I pledge to lead my athletic community toward welcoming and respecting all individuals, regardless of their perceived or actual sexual orientation, gender identity, or gender expression. Beginning right now, I will do my part to promote the best of athletics by making all players feel welcome and respected on and off the playing field. Um, now, I think the biggest thing that I would hope pe for people to do, um, well, you know, obviously reach out to Athlete Hour. I mean, we'd love to work with you, but in your everyday life, the biggest challenge that, that people fail um, is not being explicit. And I think there are far more allies in the athletic community than we give the community credit for. But there is still a lack of voices. There's still a lack of people who are explicitly inclusive and, and championing respect on and off the field. And so I would just ask that people think about how they can um, use Twitter and Facebook, wear T-shirts and pins and stickers to, to show that you're an ally, to talk about respect. Um, because only when we are explicit will, will those who don't feel welcomed and don't feel safe um, know that that's not the case. So be explicit, reach out to Athlete Ally, um, and just you know, have the conversation because otherwise, you know, progress can't occur unless we engage and start a dialogue. Um, one final question, Hudson, I have to ask. Are you planning any trips uh, down under anytime soon? That's a great question. Um, certainly I would love to. Um, I don't think I have anything on my calendar at the moment. Uh, I think my, my next trip that I'm really planning is to Russia and trying to go to Sochi um, to the Games, but uh, you know, with all the wonderful work that I'm seeing come out uh, of Australia, I would certainly love to work with any of the teams and leagues um, that, that are just, you know, doing such great work. So I, I don't have anything on my plate at the moment, but hopefully that will change in the near future. Well, we would love to have you here. Hudson Taylor, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here in the locker room, and we wish you all the best for your campaign. Thanks so much for having me. Hi, I'm Sonia Krug from Channel 9, and you're listening to Joy 94.9. And you're on the locker room on Joy 94.9. Adam, that was a very enjoyable interview to do. Hudson Taylor is really quite an inspirational person. Yeah, you seem to have had such a great chat with him. And I loved his, you know, all of his responses to all the questions you threw at him were absolutely amazing. He sounds like a really eloquent, really knowledgeable kind of guy. Yeah, and look, most inspirational was the, the idea that we, we take the conversation to difficult places. And, you know, Russia is a difficult place for our community at the moment. But he's he seems to be of the view that... It's not necessarily a bad thing. The Olympics are there. It does shine that spotlight and it does give us a chance to give voice to people who are struggling at the moment. Let's talk about what's on this week in sport. I hear there's a lot going on this week. Oh, there's always a lot going. This is Melbourne. Um, we've got the Melbourne Heart. Um, they've had a bit of a tough run so far. They've had two draws and two losses from their first four games. Did they win last week or was that a loss? Uh, that was a loss. That was and a loss. they're up against Western Sydney Wanderers, who are a good team, who uh, you know came runner-up last year. Ooh. So they're going to find a bit tough. The kickoff is at 7.30. That's at Amy Park here in Melbourne on Friday night. Awesome. We'll have to go down there. What else have we got? Uh, well, we also have on Saturday night the Wallabies take on Italy at midnight at Stadio Olimpico de Torino. I know, that's pretty exciting sort of stadium. Um, uh, the Wallabies went down 2013 against England. Um, I actually stayed up and watched it. I'm not quite sure I'm going to stay up and watch <laughs> this one if they're going to play as badly as they did in the second half against England. Is Italy England. a good game? A good team? Uh, look, no, they're, they're kind of at the, the bottom of the, of the major um, European nations. But look, they, they've improved um, Italy. They've put in some good performances in the Six Nations. They will be tough opponents. Australia struggled against them last year. It, there are no easy beats and Australia is not playing particularly well. Um, if you prefer rugby league and you'd rather go to bed early and get up and watch your sport, uh, the Australians are taking on Ireland at Old Thurman Park Limerick 
Limerick at 7am on Sunday morning in the Rugby League World Cup. That's an interesting name, Limerick. Limerick. wonder how many Aussies will be there going, he, we, boy, we know some. Oh dear. Uh, now horse racing is still, and it's still Spring Carnival. And what's happening, I think it's coming up, is it this Friday, the Stakes Day, is it? That's Saturday. Oh, Saturday, right. Saturday is Stakes Day. What's yeah. Friday? Uh, Thursday is Oaks Day. That's oh. tomorrow. Shows how much I know. Yeah, shows how much you know about <laughs> horse racing. Even <laughs> I know that. The expert last week. Yeah, th- Thursday is known as Ladies Day. Oh. And it's Oaks Day. And, and it's more commonly known these days as Blokes Day because of sort of all the, the, the men who turn up with dark glasses to leer at all the ladies. But here, Stakes Day is a family event too on the weekend. Yeah, that's right. So uh, they, they promise sort of family-friendly entertainment. Um, and, you know, maybe um, if you have an older one and you've got little kids and you need to drag them along to the races <laughs> or something to do, um, Stakes Day is for you. Look, Mama Pony. Yeah, um, and I think I'll be one to see... Be always glad to see the end of spring racing carnival. It's, it always puzzles me that you sort of walk around Melbourne and all of a sudden everyone's an expert on horse racing and then within a week everyone's forgotten about it again. So, <laughs> And the hats go into the cupboard for another year. Yeah, we'll put our fascinators away. Now this one's quite interesting. What This last one on your week in sport list I'm fascinated by. Tree climbing. Yeah, it's the Victorian tree climbing competition. It's the state finals. Wow, that actually exists? Yeah, apparently. And apparently Victoria are, are particularly good at this. Um, Victorians have won 26 of the 29 Australian tree climbing competitions. That's right. There have been 29 Australian tree climbing competitions being held already. Wow. Now, I was watching, I think I was watching on TV the other day. Is that the one where they, where they chop into the wood and then they, put a pl- they wedge a plank into it and they have to jump on that plank and then chop another one and just climb up that way? Or are they actually like hugging the tree? I, I don't think you damage the trees because um, the trees are at Banjo Patterson Reserve in Lynbrook. So I don't, oh. think you'd be, I don't think you'd be cracking into the trees. And where's Lynbrook? Uh, that's in Melbourne's north. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, maybe the, maybe the mayor of Lindbrook might be not happy if he sees yeah, his trees. Yeah, I, I would be hacking into people's trees. Uh, that uh, starts at 8am on Saturday, so get out there if you want to see something really um, strange and alternative out there. And I guess that's us for another week, isn't it? I know. Um, that was quite fun, doing the show without Rolly. We should, <laughs> we should do that more often. I, I, I don't know. We'll have to have him back. Um, <laughs> thanks to our guests for tonight, uh, Tegan Steele, Veggie Girl. I, I found her very inspirational. I learned something new. I think I'm going to look for an all-veggie diet. Absolutely. Um, and thanks to Hudson Taylor. That was a privilege for him to join us from New York. Time to hit the showers, Adam. Uh, this is The Locker Room, and you're on Joy 94.9. Hey, this is Paulini. Hi, this is Taylor Dean. G'day, I'm Barry Bissell. G'day, friends, it's Troy Casadale. This is Nelson Aspen. It's Michael Kirby here. Hello, I'm Miriam Margulies. Hello, I'm Peter Hitchener from Nine News. Hi, this is Big Runger. What's up, party people? This is Chris Willis. Hey, this is Carly Rae Jepsen. Hey, party animals, it's Luciana here. What's up, guys? This is Adam from Owl City. Hi, this is Andy. And this is Tom. Hi, this is James Rain. Hi, this is Cathy Freeman, and you're listening to Australia's gay and lesbian radio station, Joy 94.9. Joy. 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 What am I going to say? Um, Father Bob. Father Bob, I've been captured. I've been, I've been, somebody snatched me off the street, ladies and gentlemen. Joy. 94.9. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. 
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.